Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know, the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting with David. David wrote The High Sign, which is about the end of times prophecy. So this is part of our Sunday inspirational series. So, David, thank you for coming on and tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into about the book. Um, Most of my life, I was a sports writer. And I had the best beats. I had the Yankees in spring training. I had the Cincinnati Reds for a while while they were great World Series team. I did the University of Miami when they were winning national championships, the, the Dolphin Shula champions. And then late, kind of late in my life, I was, was almost ready for retirement. I got this, um, well, actually I had already gotten involved with doing the religion page. I created that, but still I went back to sports until late in my career. And then I had this experience. I'm reading Isaiah, a book that I, I love, but never really understood very well. I get to Isaiah 6, 8, and I'm looking at Isaiah prayed this weird prayer and then something good happened. So I said, okay. So I said, Lord, here am I, send me. And the next day, as I read through the book of Isaiah, it was like Isaiah was talking to me. I started to really understand the prophecy. And I'll tell you, it was, it was kind of hair raising. It was, it was, it was exciting. So for the last 16 years, I've been writing books about the end time. I think it's six or seven now. Um, but the high sign, it's gotta be the best one because on the, on the um, online book club, they had a review. And the reviewer gave it double four stars, which is perfect. And my wife said it was her favorite book that I wrote. So that was the clincher. Uh, it had to be pretty good if she liked it and, and this lady from the online book club liked it. I, I do, yes, I do think it is, and to me it's an important book and I think it can be to, to other people. So let's talk about the high sign. Let's talk about what led you to write it? You just said you prayed Isaiah 6, 8. But what led you to finally say, okay, I'm going to share this with the world of what I think is going to happen or what the prophecy that's going to happen. And people are going to look at me like I'm crazy. Well, the pile of evidence is I'm reading through Isaiah and then I continue on to the end of, of the scriptures. There's all of this end time imagery. And a lot of times it's called, it's called day of the Lord which is really, Jesus identifies this as the day of Jesus' return. And it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament. A lot of times it's dual, it's dual prophecy, which also refers to the present time or that time, but always it's looking ahead to the end time. And I got this pile of, of information and I thought, well, yeah, I think it's time for me to share this. So I, I actually wrote another book before it. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. It was, that was about 15 years ago this one was much more this is this is a new pretty new book um actually it is a new book it's not yesterday but it's a new book and um <laughs> i i just think i just think it's i find it very exciting first of all it's an optimistic thing 
even though there's even though Jesus prophesied tribulation, he said, don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. I'm going to shorten it. In other words, he's got it. So whatever else we talk about in, in this interview, we have to remember that he's got it. And it does get scary. It does get scary, but he's got it. And he also has work for us to do because some of the people who do not understand what's going on are going to be terrified. And I know from experience that terrified people are open to the gospel. I've seen this happen three times that, that people who, be, who became great ministers for the Lord did so because they got scared and they turned to him. So it's going to be a, an exciting time. It'll be scary, but as long as we remember that the Lord has got it, it will for, for Christians it will not it will not be a terrifying thing. So let's talk about some of the things that you said when people are faced with the great terrifying things that you've seen it happen three times. So let's talk about some of those examples. You want an example? Uh, okay. Uh, favorite example. Joan and I, my wife and I, got involved in um, D. James Kennedy's evangelism explosion. And we were in South Florida at the time, so we went to the church for a session of it. And Kennedy was teaching it. And we later became actually acquainted with him. We were in, in his church for a while. Great, great man. But the man he chose as his international director for EE was named Archie Parrish. It's not as familiar a name, but a great evangelist. And he trained us, Joan and me, and we learned a lot about him. He had been in the military and he was in a, in a battle. This was, I think, I can't remember if it was Korea or World War II, but it was, I'm going to die. That's what it was. And he got so scared. Another soldier came up behind him who was not afraid, patted on the, on the shoulder, on the head, said, don't worry about it, smiled and went off. This guy was a Christian. And of course, Parrish didn't understand how he would, you know, be not afraid. And Parrish went to a Christian pastor, the nearest church you could find, asked him, well, what is this about Jesus? The pastor told him he became saved. Obviously, Kennedy didn't, <laughs> didn't um, appoint people who were not born again Christians. Mm -hmm. And he then had a ministry of his own, a prayer. That, uh, until the time that he, he died, and that was not long ago. That was one of them. There were two others. But but people get scared. Assistant pastor of a church I was at one time, he had got, he was afraid of going to hell. And he said, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Got saved, became the assistant pastor, and helped Joan and me at a time when we had a, a, a we nearly lost our home. And he walked up to me, handed me this uh, envelope, said, here, the, the Lord told me to give you this. And it contained the exact sum that we needed for a mortgage payment on the day before they said they were going to foreclose. Mm -hmm. And this was another man who had been saved because, you know, he, he got scared. He was afraid of going to hell. Um, getting scared is okay as long as you go to the right source to take care of it. And that, that source, of course, is Jesus. And these two men did. And I'll never forget, never forget either one of them. So let's talk about how, did you grow up in the church? Or when did you start becoming to like to the point, you already talked about you had the religious beat in, with writing as well. But when did you start with your really deep faith besides the, when you were reading Isaiah? Oh, 
I think I was in a Lutheran church and I think I had a faith. I don't know if it was a saving faith. I think it was pretty early, but I didn't really understand. Um, the Lutherans are a little bit formal. Uh, later on, I got acquainted with, through my work as the religion editor of the newspaper, I got acquainted with charismatics and that was good. And I, I still, I still love praising the Lord and worshiping God. I mean, that's, that's great. Um, and then there was, um, Derek Prince and his group, there were others. Uh, and, and I just, I just, I just got exposed to everyone through that, through that beat. Uh, Catholics, a Catholic, Catholic um, priest was wonderful to us when Joan's father died. Um, I think, I think that was one, that was when I really started to get serious about the Lord, when I was the religion editor of the newspaper, because I was, I was meeting all of these different people that were high in their denominations. And I think, I think God is nodding his head and says, okay, you know, this, this is your learning process and we've got something else for you later on. Because it was, it was years later when I finally got started on the here am I send me thing. Wow. That's, I, I love stories like that where God uses people, places people in your life to show you that, Hey, this is where you need to be, or this is you're you're on this path now. And he places people to make sure that you know that you're on the correct path. And absolutely. I, I, I have to amen that. I don't know what more to say than that. Just amen. So we're going to have a brief commercial break, but when we come back, I want to talk more about the high signs and some of the prophecies that you found when you were reading Isaiah. So we're going to be right back after a brief commercial break. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. Hi, my name is Joanna, and I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of Shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction. And we go and we take love food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, we believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Uh, we have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways, and we have built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, we have big plans, more we'd like to do, um, and we would appreciate any support either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com and in the menu, click on donate. We just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you. And we are back chatting with David, who wrote the high sign. Now, David, in the press relief I got, I got it said, reveals 200 prophetic images and 24 dramatic events mentioned throughout the Bible. So you want to share some of those things that you found? Um, yeah, and I'm, this is really not mainly in Isaiah now. Isaiah, it, there's a lot of stuff about the end time, but okay, give, give an example: the Exodus, the Exodus out of out of mm -hmm. Egypt. If you read, I think I'm trying to remember where it is in the New Testament, but there's a specific place where it identifies the Exodus as an allegory because it said, "This is that. This is that. This is that. This is that." 
uh, and of course the the red the red the red sea experience is, is like baptism, um, and the other things were very typological. Um, so um, I know we got a limited time. Maybe I could read a couple little short things from the book. Um, Isaiah was important because it has so much to do about the end time and establishing the fact of some of the things that are going to happen. But the really biggies are Matthew 24, Luke 21, Jesus' own sermon about mm -hmm. his return. That's the hub of it. And and also there there's uh, in, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, there's some really important stuff about loving enemies because Jesus in his sermon talks about tribulation and persecution. Well, what's that? That's that's enemies. And I've, I've already seen activity like that just in the past week where I had the, the counsel a woman who had experienced this real hatred because she's a Christian. So um, maybe I can just read a couple of these things. They're brief. Yeah, sure. Uh, Go right you, ahead. You did say in your uh, instructions that you wanted me to read a little bit. I'm going to keep this short, but I think these are um, these are very uh, important segments. Uh, let's see. This is the first one. Um, okay, in the scriptures in Luke 21 and Matthew 24, there are seven points that are made about Jesus' return that helps us to identify the sign because some, some of these things that are going on. Uh, Luke 21, 11 talks about earthquakes, famines, and great signs from heaven. Roaring and tossing of the sea, which is Luke 21, 25. Light flashing from horizon to horizon. Uh, actually, it says lightning from, from horizon to horizon, Matthew 24, 27. Darkened sun and moon, Matthew 24, 29. Think about it. Really, it is impossible for the sun and moon to be eclipsed at the same time, with one exception. There's one way it can happen, and it is in Scripture. Um, people terrified, heavenly, heavenly bodies shaken, that's Luke 21, 26. Falling stars, um, yeah, there's something like that. It is going to be happening. Matthew 24, 29. The sign of the Son, man, the Son of Man, glorious and powerful, Matthew 24, 30. And then the trumpet sound and heavenly gathering of the elect, Matthew 24, 31. I don't want to go into all the details, but I discovered that there are seven possibilities for the, if it's a celestial sign, and, and it apparently is because all this stuff is up there, and Jesus is going to be seen coming on the cloud. Everything is going to be up here, and then we're going to go up there. So it, a lot of it at points that way. Um, but how do we know what that sign is going to be? Well, I go, put it this way. I, I, I got it down to seven things, and there was only one thing that turned out positive in more than three. And that one scored 100%. And that was a comment. Mm -hmm. And, I, and, I, and I, I really, of course, the people terrified in the heavenly bodies um, shaking. Only a comet can do that. In fact, NASA, and there's a quote from NASA in here about that. Even NASA, the comet comes, we've had it. Um, but God, if it's God's comet, he can make it do what he wants it to do. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the big if. Um, the one, though, that really clinched it for me 
beside the fact that it was a seven to three deal, was light flashing or lightning flashing from horizon to horizon. This is exactly the way it looks when a comet approaches and goes into orbit, you get the tail. It goes all the way across, millions of mile long tail. It goes all the way across the sky. And of course, and when the sun comes up, it just illuminates. And even when the sun goes down, if it's if the cloud is if the tail is up there far enough, it will still in the nighttime illuminate what's going on up there. And it will be awesome, absolutely awesome. And it will be horizon to horizon. Um, anyway, that to me is the most convincing evidence in the stack that a comet will be the sun. And, and then you get to the NASA comet, which I met, mentioned before. Uh, am I getting ahead of you now? Can you no, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. You're right. The NASA comet, that's in here. Um, let's see if I can find it now. Well, I remember what it is. I'm not, I'm not fighting it right now. But I remember what it is. NASA, I saw this program. I turned it on on TV. It was about... Uh, it was about comets and NASA was, was producing the, the, and I, of course I was interested even at that time, this was like maybe 15 years ago. And the end of it, I'm thinking, well, they're going to say, well, we're going to nuke it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And instead the guy from NASA says, there is nothing we can do. <laughs> you can tell, I still, I still remember that. But, but, but he said, he said, a comet is nature's, what was the word, he's unstoppable, well, he meant unstoppable projectile. Uh, a comet is nature's unstoppable projectile. We cannot do anything. When a comet does appear to be the sign of Jesus' return, I'm saying when, I, I, it's a hundred percent. I mean, there's nothing else that it could be. Uh, it's going to be so scary to people who do not know the Lord. Mm -hmm. Jesus said he was going to shorten the time of tribulation. Well, I think he's going to use the comet to do that. When the comet starts to move forward, the people who are terrorizing others are going to be turning to run. And, and, that, that, and then that's going to change everything. It's going to flip flop because all of a sudden the terrorists are going to be terrified. And those of us who belong to the Lord, who recognize the sign of Jesus return, and that doesn't mean it's going to return right now because mm -hmm. comets go into orbit for years, but it's kind of happened. And all of a sudden <laughs> the people who are terrified are going to be rejoicing. And the people who are the terrorists are going to be terrified. And to me, what could be greater justice than this? God's justice is perfect. Um, he also said that the destroy, this is in Jeremiah and Isaiah. Uh, he also said the destroyers will be destroyed and the, and the traitors will be betrayed. I mean, this is a God who we can trust. He's absolutely just. Everything mm -hmm. he does is, is absolutely right. Uh, I think I'll take a breath. <laughs> I will say you are, you can definitely tell the passion in your voice as you're talking about this, because I, I think a couple of times you got very choked up when you were talking about the comet coming and the, and the tribulations that people were feeling. What are some of the things that people can like 
be confident in because as i said this is part of our sunday inspirational series so what can they be confident in besides if if they're christians already be confident but what are some other ways like to that they know that they have the confidence um first of all i say read matthew 24 and luke 21 because in his sermon jesus said neat little things like don't be afraid don't even worry because if, if you come like Jesus did before, tribunal, a hostile tribunal. He said, just stand firm. He said those words more than once. Stand firm. I will show you what to say. Or maybe maybe there'll be nothing. But don't worry about it. I mean, he has it. We, we can be confident that no matter what happens, and there are going to be some terrible things. All people are going to be killed, but people are going to be saved also. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's 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 going to be a terrible time from the standpoint of of um, bloodshed, but it's going to be a wonderful time for eternity. Um, Zechariah, and, and you know this is Old Testament too. Right toward the end of the Old Testament, he makes this prophecy that when this end time comes, the day of the Lord is here, he will take with him to heaven or up to him in heaven, one third of the population of the earth. Now, whether you believe in pre-trib or not, mm -hmm. this is a lot of people mm -hmm. um, right now. I don't think, well, no, the United States probably has the highest percentage still of Christians. And now it's about 25%. Kennedy said that, that less than 50 percent of the pastors are christians of course they, they of the ones who come in and you know to, to learn ee they're going to mm -hmm. learn how to evangelize they're not even christians um billy graham who, who by the way preached at the opening of kennedy's church they were good friends billy graham said what percent of people of christians are actually fulfilling their potential in christ in the united states and he said three percent wow. um so when somebody says that 33 percent or one third of the human beings on the face of the earth are going to be saved well even in the united states there aren't that many some places they don't even know christ yet um there are missions out well kennedy's ee is good is, is in every nation but they're they're you know they don't get to everyone they don't get to everyone uh, a lot of people have no idea even what Christianity is. That all they know is that from the time that they were young, they were taught to hate Christians. Mm -hmm. If they're communists, they're taught to hate Christians. If they're Muslims, they're taught to hate Christians. And that's one of the reasons why we can expect tribulation. Wow. I mean, that's just, you keep saying that be not afraid and don't be discouraged. Those are like key things that have been like picked up like I picked up in the last couple of weeks, it's just a reconfirmation from God that this, these are the things that you're not, these are the things you're supposed to focus on instead of all our worries. Because I think when we, we tend to lay things down at God's feet, but we also tend to pick things up yeah. when we've laid them down. Do so let's is. talk about how people can just say, okay, because you already said God's got this because God has got this, but how can we not have that tendency to pick it up? Well, I have a tendency to pick it up. I had a really bad day. I think it's human and we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves. In fact, I, I have a friend who told me, you're too hard on yourself. You know, um, we 
we're, we're Christians, but we, we still sin. We still do things and think things and, and that are that are wrong. And one of them is to get all wrapped up in, in, in negative hype and negativism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to do that. Um, I, I think that we can forgive ourselves and just do the best we can and, and trust the Lord to help us through it. Um, that's really, that's not a very complicated solution, but prayer and Bible reading are probably the keys. Now, is there a favorite verse besides Isaiah 6, 8 that is your favorite, that's your go-to verse? I don't know if that's my favorite, but that changed my life. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm more interested in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 because they're relevant. Uh, you know, it, He also said, Jesus said, get ready. Be prepared for what's ahead. He wants us to know. He doesn't want us to be surprised. He said so many great things in, in that one sermon that no matter how many times you read it, you, you can pick up something something new. And of course, it, the companion is the Sermon on the Mount where he says two of, the, two of the, this is something I didn't know until recently. Two of the Beatitudes are about blessing, are the blessings of, of tribulation, the blessings of personal hardship and persecution the blessings and the one the most emphasized of all the ninth one the most wording it it talks about the blessing of suffering for christ of suffering um i don't think of suffering as a blessing but but if it's for him and 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 the, the disciples after a slow start got this right the apostles got it right they had a real slow start after all running the first time when they saw Jesus is going to be killed. They took off and ran, not just Peter, all of them. But they got it. They met together and they prayed and they prayed some more and they got it. They really did. And my understanding is that they were looking forward with with anticipation to being um, persecuted for Jesus' sake. And that is really the the right attitude. I'm not I'm not I'm not yet, there yet. I'm I'm not looking forward to being persecuted. But really, the scriptures do repeatedly talk about the blessings of suffering for for Christ. Blessings of that. And um, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, when you when you read this, you can see it. Well, Peter, the first one to run. What happened? He comes back a few days later more than a few, but it wasn't that long, months later, about a month. And he preaches this sermon that the whole city hears. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't, you know, I've read it enough times, but really what happened? The whole city, well, how loud was his voice? How was he projecting by the spirit of God? The whole city heard. Uh, and this is the man who would just run away. Um, he could have been taken away that that minute and, and killed but he was preaching loud enough and and the city was packed with people it was one of those um i don't know one of those religious celebrations uh huh, that that's when i think about it that is that is preaching there are not too many people's mm-hmm. voice they didn't have microphones in his voice was heard throughout that city and there were people everywhere walking and talking man that's that's awesome but that was 
that was that was the Peter of faith. And it only took him a month to turn around from what I'm 40 days, 50, something like that. It was Pentecost. Well, I don't I don't remember the exact, but it was it was only a short time later. Yeah, Pentecost. It was 50 days later. 50 days. And this is 50 days after he's denied Christ three times. He's run mm -hmm. away. Um, so let's not be hard on ourselves. The Lord gets a hold of us. He can do wonderful things through each and any and every one of us because he is God. <laughs> and he can do what he wants to do. And we can trust him to do what is right every time. Every time. So let's go back to talking about the high sign. How long did it take you to actually compile all your evidence? And because there's a lot of evidence in this, in this, I want to say little book, but it's not a little book, all the evidence in this book, and then actually sit down and write it because you obviously had to do a lot of research and dig into a lot of biblical, yeah. or was that along the way? Yeah, it didn't start as, as being research for a book so much as just reading the Bible um, with the interest in the end time and the sign of Jesus' return, and all of a sudden finding um, events that were comet-related, that comets were involved in two dozen of those. I don't, I don't need to get involved in it, but the Exodus was one of them. And um, um, Sodom, that was a comet. That was definitely a comet. It was kaboom, it's come, and Sodom is gone, and there's now a gaping hole where, where that that projectile from the comet landed. Uh, and that only a comet does that. Only a comet does that. It is is but there are others. There was 24 of them. And as the as I started to see all this, I I don't at some point when I got near 24, I said, I gotta write about this. Uh, this is this is awesome. And so many of these things we just read through the scripture and we see these little 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 mm -hmm. points. But then you step back and think, well, what did, what did blow up Sodom? Well, we find out from other history that as far away as Greece, or, or it wasn't Greece at that time, but it, it was Greece at one time, um, that, the, that that explosion was heard. I mean, mm. this was a biggie. And the only thing that does that is the comet. Um, asteroids are not do not even have explosives. Comets, <laughs> when you talk about stars falling from the heaven, mm -hmm. a lot of it is it just would be this debris from the comet, the pieces of the comet coming apart because the tail comes apart and, and comets come apart. And when the pieces start falling on you, um, 1994 Jupiter, it was a comet going around Jupiter for more than 20 years. 1994, it starts breaking up pieces start falling for about mm -hmm. 22, I think it was two weeks. And it was something like, I don't know, 14, 15, 22 pieces, something like two or three dozen pieces. And each one lands and, and there's this big explosion, so big that they could see it on their telescopes. And they and they had, uh, I think somebody's doing the yard. Um, but yeah, they, they, they <laughs> That's been my frustration today, the yard. <laughs> but yeah, but, but it, it, it's really awesome what comes. I think there's not much they can have left to do. Really. Um, 
at some point I just said, well, I'm going to start writing this down. And when my, when, when my wife who is now deceased, when she read the book, it said, that was, that was when I knew that I had something. So how long did it take you to write the book? Uh, once I had all the materials, maybe a year, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I would say probably about a year. It is pretty long. 24 incidents are related in detail and how they're um, associated with comets. And then, of course, the Gideon, that was the best one. The enemies thought it was a comet because the Lord had this thing going where they break these pots. Okay, that's explosions. Oh, it's a comet. They were afraid of comets. And there was one due. In fact, it was probably in the sky at that time, only it was not. It was not really in threatening position, but the enemies who go out and they, whenever a comet was around, they always went out and the, and the kings were hoping and praying and whatever they did, that something would happen, that they could be expanding their own kingdoms. Somebody else would get them, get, get the explosions and they would move in and take over. Um, but <laughs> the, the way the Lord did it was he simulated the comet so that they, the people, who could see the comet in the sky? It was pretty, pretty. It wasn't real close, but it was, it was close enough so they could be afraid of it. And they had known what comets had done for every every so many years. I think it was every fifty three years. It was a bad comet, so they were expecting it. And then the explosions. Uh oh. And and then there was the torches. Oh no. And the, and if you read it carefully, they came down the mountainsides carrying the torches. So it looked like that this fire was descending, mm -hmm. and 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 these enemy troops are by this time scared to death. Uh, the the pots and the and the fire. Um, what was the other? What what was the other? There was one other element that made them think this is a comet, and they panicked, and they and they started to run. The only direction they could which was south because it was mountain on this side, mm -hmm. river on that side, or something like that. And they started killing each other. And before it was over, they had killed most of each other, the, the enemies. And God's people didn't even have weapons. They just had pots and torches. Um, there was one other thing. I'm not remembering everything right now. But the Lord is smart. You know, he's not only just, but he's smart. He, he, he reduced the number of people who were participating to 300. He said, well, we've got too many people. We, and I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be 300 against 15,000. And, and the Lord said, yep. And then he said, this is what I want you to do. <laughs> and as far as I know, not a single one of them was killed. Wow. <laughs> Just the amazing thing that God can do, that God can use and change anything and make anything appear the way he wants it to appear and use that for his good. I mean, I think my, one of my favorite verses is... Um, can't remember exactly where it is. I think it's in Genesis. It's where Joseph and his his brothers are there and everything is at the very end. It's just what the devil meant for bad. God made it for good. That summarized that. That's one of my favorite verses because when you're going through all the trials and tribulations, you can't see over on the other side. You just have to have faith that you're going to get there. Yeah, you're talking about Joseph now, right? Uh-huh. He, he, he turned it to good for saving many people that mm -hmm. meant what I like too, because we still saving many people, not maybe not always 
just physically, but spiritually, he's still saving many people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. So what is up next for you? Are you have any more books in you or do you think this is it? Uh, actually, I've, I've had six end time books. There is one. This is a new one. Um, it just came out this past week. And the way I like to describe them is that the high, the high sign is uh, what to expect. And end time living is how to react. Oh. Now, there is some reaction at the end of the high sign, but it's a, it's a very small part. The, the, the evidential stuff is mostly what's in the high sign, not only for the sign of the return, but for a couple of other points. But this one is about, okay, now how, what does Jesus want us to do? How does he want us to behave? And of course, we've talked a little bit about being not afraid mm -hmm. and standing firm. Those are those are biggies and getting ready. The, the, those are big, but there's more detail. And I think the most important one, and this is in this is this comes from his uh, sermon on the mount, is loving your enemies. Mm -hmm. And and Richard Wormbrand and. and Watchman Nee, two of the great Christians of, of our time, that both had the same kind of experiences. The communists put them in jail and they tortured them. And before it was over, the communists were getting saved left and right. So they had to, uh-oh, let these guys go because <laughs> we don't we don't want them around our... They, they, that's literally true. There were so many people getting saved in the prison camps, the torturers, that they didn't know what to do, that they, they, they didn't me and, and Wormbrand were pretty well known. They didn't want to just kill him, <laughs> but but they tortured him. And and me and, and Wormbrand just smiled and said, "Praise God! Let me tell you, let me tell you about Jesus." And, and I said, wow, you know. Yeah, that faith is wow. You're right. That's I but can't that's, that's, But that's God. That, mm -hmm. That's humanly impossible. That that is God. That's the whole period of God doing that. That is so true. Now, our time is almost up. Do you have like one last little nugget that you want to share with people? Some kind of quote or inspiration that you would like to share with people? Yes. Yeah. I, I, this I like. Um, it's it's from, and it'll take a minute to read if it's okay. That's it's fine. From, it's okay? Yes, Jonathan that's good. Kahn, Jonathan Kahn wrote this. Um, a Messianic leader, great, great faith. Uh, and it's a no fear God. He wrote, if America was consciously trying to provoke God's judgment, it could hardly do more than it is doing now. Some of the signs in the biblical template of a nation heading to judgment including, include societal division, civil unrest, disorder, sexual immorality, violence, the overturning of its moral foundation, the abolition of, of, God, of uh, God's. And he describes in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, a great falling away. All these things are now coming to pass. We are living in the days of prophecy. Two more paragraphs. Is this cause to fear? Just the opposite. It is cause for encouragement and power. The very fact that God told us of these things before they occurred tells us that God is still very much in control and very much on the throne. The truth is, it is the greatest privilege and the highest honor, honor to have been chosen to witness these things and to live in such a time as this. Let us live in a manner worthy of such a high honor. Be strong and of good courage. Go all out for God. 
faithful, immovable, bold, and strong in the power of his might. What time is it? It's your time to stand. Now go and light up the world. Wow. I love that. I love that. Wow. So tell people where they can find more about what you, your writings. Um, I, I recently, <laughs> I recently lost one of my social things. I somebody actually stole it. So, but I do have a website. I do have a website. Um, it's www.endtimesmystery.com. I can be reached there. My books, and I think they're less expensive there than on Amazon. But you can, you can, you can. There's a, there's a display of several several books uh, that might be interesting to, to someone, uh, but I right now I'd, I'd suggest the high sign and uh, end time living as as the two that that are the meat of it, uh, and you can find that on the website. I love that that are the meat of it. It boils down to everything, even though the high sign was kind of thick. As you can see, the end time living, the one you just picked up just a few minutes ago, is thinner than this one. So do you think yeah. it's because this one's maybe a little bit, I say it's short because it's a smaller book than what normal books are? Yeah, um, actually, the, the publisher, this one is a little bit larger, but but um, the version of the high sign that's the latest of them is, it, is the same size. See, this one originally was published by another publisher the publisher went out of business, so it was not publicized. And uh, one that was being sold secondhand on the on the internet was being asked $1,700 because there was only a few of them in print. And and uh, the others had, you know, because I got sick, the publisher went out of So there was only a few of them in print. Um, <laughs> so that, but that's, this is a new edition. Uh, Actually, I think this is one of the old, one of that particular edition because there were a few, there were a few more than they thought. But um, yeah, it, the publisher I have now prints them all the same size. All of the ones, the end time books are the same size, I think the five by eight. Uh, and the end time living is much shorter text, but I think that especially the part of it about the song of songs with Solomon and, and his, his mm -hmm. lover, I, I, that's beautiful. Um, I recommend them both. My wife, like the high sign, and she's probably right. It's probably the best, most important. I love that. So, David, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing about the high sign and, and sharing what you found when you've been studying um, the biblical truths with other people, because I think people need to be aware. And I love also the fact that you said, you know, you're guilty of dropping it at God's feet and then picking it back up too. So it shows that we're all the same, no matter what. Yes. So thank you, David, for sharing your time with us today. And guys, I will put where you can find David at, as well as where you can find the books. Um, the high sign is the book that we're talking about, but I highly recommend this book because it does have a lot of, especially if you're really big into trying to delve into what the Bible is telling and, but I would never I would I would recommend reading this as a supplement to the Bible. I would never say read this book and not the Bible first, because you definitely have to read the Bible. Absolutely. I would say the same thing. I would agree. You have that's to, where most of it comes from. Mm -hmm. You this have to be exposition yeah. of some of that stuff. In the Bible. Yeah. You have to be um, in the 
God's word to really know what, what exactly is going on. So as always, I want you guys to be blessed and most importantly, keep chatting with each other and have a great day. And once again, David, thank you for coming on. And I can't wait to get, dig into the second book as well. So have a great day, David. Well, thank you, Melissa. Chats from the blog cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.